0: This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. Job chapter 5 and verse number 18 is where I want you to circle in your Bible. Eliaphaz is the one that is talking right here and Eliaphaz says to Job in verse number 18, For he maketh sore and bindeth up. He woundeth. And his hands make whole. I was looking at that word right there. I'm gonna have Kim put it up. The word woundeth. The word woundeth is the Hebrew word mahas, and it means to take the spear and to stab through one time. If you take a spear and you stab, what have you just made? A hole. Eliphaz looks at Job and he says to Job, he says, it is God that makes you whole. Miss Kim, put verse number 18 back up there just so you don't think I'm making it up. Does it not say in verse number 18 that it is God with His hands that make whole? But the same hands, that verse says, that make whole are the same hands that make the whole. Nobody talks about the God that makes the whole. We only want to talk about the God that'll make you whole. And yet, day in and day out, we minister, we labor, we look, we live among people that pretend to be W-H-O-L-E when in all actuality they're living with an H-O-L-E. I was in Jerusalem and I was sitting in the hotel room the group had left and I'd gotten back to the hotel room and I was praying and pondering I was thinking about Sunday and thinking about today and Lord what can I what can I give to the people what can I say and so I turned on Facebook and I was looking at the different things and when I was in there when I was in the room at that time I was a day ahead, and I've still, I've been over there for 10 years, I've been going to the Holy Land, and I've still yet to figure out the time difference. So if I've ever called you in the middle of the night, and I'm in the Holy Land, do forgive me, I still have no idea what time it is over here. I turned on Facebook, and there was a live stream service going on somewhere, a church I've been to before, and... Pastor, I've been around before a good man, a godly man, and he was having a jubilee, Scott, and they were singing, and the family that was up there singing, I know a little bit about their story, and their story's not a secret. They Two two girls and a, their daddy were singing, and, and this man was playing the guitar, and and, and and I don't even know their names per se. I know their story. I don't even know their names, and playing the guitar, and the two girls were singing, and and I looked at them, and just to, within the last six to seven months, they buried their mother, the, the mother of this family. They used to go around and sing. And yet, here's a daddy trying to minister to make people whole. And I could see in the window gate of their eyes, they were trying to make people whole when they themselves had a whole. Brothers and sisters, there are people in this room right now that are living in that camp. The flagpole has been raised up and the banner that waves above the the camp of your soul. It's got the emblem that Jesus lives there, abides there, and owns the house. But down deep the inside, you and him know you've done everything you're supposed to do. And the same God that makes whole... Is the same God that made the hole. You know, there are a lot of things in our lives that'll put holes in our hearts. And I'm not talking about physical holes and I don't know how I went down the rabbit trail and I don't know if anybody else gets on the Google uh, YouTube rabbit trail where you go from one thing to another before I knew it. I thought I had every disease I possibly looked up on, on, on Google and honey, if you had been there, you probably would have kept me out of that. But by the time it was over, I was looking for a heart surgeon in Jerusalem because I felt like I had some of these things. But you know, I looked up holes in the heart. Did you know that when a person has a hole in the heart, there's really two kinds? There's the kind they can't survive with, and then there's the kinds that people learn to live with. There are the kinds of holes between the chambers of the heart where blood will seep out, and that blood seeping out, they don't even know that the blood seeping out is causing them to be weak, Anemic. It's causing them to have no stamina. It's causing them to know that they should be, but they just can't seem to get there. You know what they have? They have a hole. Brothers and sisters, holes in the spiritual man, holes in the emotional man, holes in the mental man, holes in the proverbial man will do the exact same thing. It'll zap the strength out of your spirit. It'll zap the direction out of your soul. And in fact, it will so rob you of faith because there's what happens. You get on this altar and you say, oh God, make me whole. But he doesn't do it. And we, we pray and we seek and we seek and we pray and we say, God, why won't you make me W-H-O-L-E? We call Pastor Tim and we call a deacon and we call a praying woman and we we call somebody and we say, would you please help me pray? Maybe I'm missing something and they'll give you advice and they'll give you this about how to be whole. But yet every step-by-step mechanism and program that you put in place, like Job's friends, Job, if you'll do this and Job, if you'll do that, Job, if you'll go here and Job, if you'll do that, you'll be whole and Job lay there holding the baby blanket of what used to wrap around one of his children. Job knew he should be whole, but at the end of the day, he still had a... I asked my wife and my sister were in the office, and Erica and I babysat little Hurley this afternoon, and and I'm going to tell you something. It don't take much babysitting somebody else's young and to be thankful that you ain't got no more that age. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you, he was a good baby, but I I sat in the office back there and I was talking to them. I said, y'all, I said, talk to me right quick. I said, tell me some things just off the top of your head right now. Just tell me some things right now off the top of your head that wound the soul. The first thing that they said, they said, trauma will wound the soul. There are people in this room right now that were abused as children. There are people in this room right now that were abused in marriage. There were people in this room right now that have been abused by people in your life. And you can't figure out how to get past it. And you can't figure out how to labor beyond it. You're trying to be whole, but God, there's a hole. I said, all right, that's a little depressing. Somebody give me another one. And Erica said, death. Death will leave a hole. Some of you... When you went down to the grave and you lowered the body of that loved one down into the hole, as you looked over into the hole there where you lowered that casket down, you thought you were leaving something, but what you did not realize is coming up out of that grave was a spear from another world that locked you in the spirit. Put a hole. And you're doing everything you can. you got pictures of them around. And you got birthday celebrations. And you know you should be W-H-O-L-E. But man, you just can't seem to get past that H-O-L-E. I said, well, guys, that's, that, that's a little bit discouraging. I said, what's some other things? And one of them spoke up and said, you know, sin will do that to you. Brothers and sisters, there are people that are in our premise and in our in our congregation, and you're here, and that sin from yesterday has put a hole in your heart. You know, it really doesn't take many preachers and many sermons and many messages for somebody to identify the hole in your heart. But it takes a mighty big spirit to tell you how to be whole when there is a hole. And I want to give you four little things from this chapter that God began to give me this afternoon on that prayer walk. And I've been battling this and I've been wrestling with this ever since I was in Jerusalem. And this afternoon on a prayer walk, God gave me four little steps on how to be whole when there is a whole. How to move on when you're being held back. How in the world can you deal when you're being dealt with? How in the world can you operate when all you need is somebody to operate on you? What do you do? I'll give you four points right out of this chapter and I don't have much in the tanks. I'm just going to lay them out, let the Holy Ghost do with them what he wants because there are people that have holes in their heart. Number one, whenever you have a hole and you're trying to be whole, you've got to stay reminded. Say that with me. You've got to stay reminded. Say it again. You've got to stay reminded. Look at verse number nine and verse number 10 in this chapter. Verse number 9 and verse number 10, Job is told by Eliaphaz. He looks at Eliaphaz or looks at Job and Eliaphaz says this, which doeth great things and unsearchable and marvelous things without number. What a cold thing to say to somebody that's just had everything ripped out of them. Job has children that have been buried. Job has flocks that have been taken. Job's own wife has walked away and said, Job, I can't deal with you when you're like this. And Eliaphaz has the audacity to look at Job and to say, Job, just know that the God of heaven right now, the God that made that hole is the God that does unsearchable things. I don't know about you, But when everything's been taken from me, it's pretty hard to see anything good. So Eliaphaz goes into verse number 10, and this is what he says. Because in verse number 9, the things that Job would have normally shouted about, he would have shouted about a healthy family, but yet he doesn't have a healthy family. Normally, Job would shout about the fact that he had a good body. He doesn't have a good body. Normally, Job would raise his hands to the heavens and say, Thank God that I have money and wealth and friends and family. But, but in verse number 10, Eliphaz looks at Job and says, Job, you may not have friends. You may not have family. and You may not have a wife right now. And you may not have flocks. And you may not have all the things. But I want you to be reminded about one thing about God in verse number 10. He says, who giveth rain upon the earth. I thought about that this afternoon when I was walking and I was pondering that Eliaphaz, it seems like a mighty foolish thing to say to somebody that's lost it all. If I came to your funeral of your child and I looked at you and said, thank God there's still rain. Would you not look at me? Don't sit there and look at me with that Baptist hypocrite face right now. You and I both know if I came to you when you lost it all and said, Thank God for the rain, you looked at me and said, What are you talking about? There's a lot of times there's some in between the verses you got to put in there with your own imagination. I imagine Job in his pity party had looked at Eliaphaz and said, Eliaphaz, I don't even have a house anymore. I don't even have kids anymore. I don't even have a God that cares about me anymore. I don't even have a wife that loves me anymore. I don't even have flocks that I can do anything. Eliaphaz looks at Job. He says, I want you to know Job, he's the God that does wondrous things and no, you may not have family and you may not have friends and you may not have a house and you may not have children. Never be forgetful of this one thing. There is one thing you do have. Let me just find it. He said he's still the God that sends the rain out of the heavens. What is rain a picture of in the Old Testament? It's always a picture of the moving of the Spirit of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you may not have what you used to have. You may not possess what you used to possess. You may not hold what you used to hold. And yes, there may be a hole in your heart, but at the end of the day, you have not lost the spirit of the living God and the spirit of the living God is what connects me to the God of the spirit and just because I do not have what I used to have I still have what I've always had sometimes the devil will be busy reminding you of what you lost sometimes you've got to be reminded of what you still have He says, God gives the rain. I'm going to be honest with you. The easiest thing I do is to pick out the things that I miss. Anybody else have a pretty easy time figuring out what you don't have? Figuring out what you lost? Figuring out what it cost you? Figuring out the people that walked out? Figuring the people that don't care anymore? Yeah, we'll spend days thinking about those things. Am I right about it? On a Sunday night at at 3113 North Church Street, yeah, we'll talk about those people that that left us. We'll talk about those people that hurt us. We'll talk about those people that walked out. But yet sometimes you've got to look beyond the abandonment and you've got to look beyond the problem and you've got to be reminded about what you still have at the end of the day. And the best thing you can do when there is an H-O-L-E and you're trying to be W-H-O-L-E is to lift your hands to the God of heaven and say, Lord, right now I'm struggling, focusing on what I lost. God, remind me of what I still possess. And I want to help the people of God. Now, I know this may feel awful shallow, but the entire world may crumble beneath our feet. But at the end of the day, if you're saved by grace... This is as bad as it's ever going to get because I cannot, I will not, I shall not, I do not have the ability to go to a devil's hell and I'm heaven bound with the hammer down. At the end of the day, I still have my home in heaven. So sometimes you just got to stay reminded. Let me give you two. The second thing I wrote down on that prayer walk this afternoon is this word, phrase, stay connected. Stay connected. Now, y'all going to think I'm crazy, and I'm a to to do something I don't ever do. But I'm going to preach about a Krispy Kreme donut right quick. <laughs> you know... I don't. I'm not a big donut fan. We'll eat. We just don't eat that kind of stuff a whole lot. And every now and again, somebody will bring a Krispy Kreme donut. Or me and Austin will be preaching revival. They'll have a fellowship after it's over, and somebody will have picked up donuts. You know, Krispy Kreme donuts are like baby angels. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm not talking about. I, I'm not. I'm not talking about the ones that are filled with all that goop. That stuff will kill you. It ain't real. It's all fake. It's going to shut your bladder down. Your kidneys are going to cram up. Honey, I mean, your liver is going to palpitate when you put that goop that's on the inside of that thing in your body. But you know them ones that go through the bath? Yeah, I'm looking at some of you. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't you sit there and act like you don't know. Yeah. You know, That bath, it's got to be liquid love from heaven. I don't know what it exactly is. They say it's sugar. I got a bag of sugar at my house and don't look nothing like that. I don't know how they do it, Scott. I don't know what they do. But I pray before God takes me to heaven, I can just lay on that conveyor belt and just go backwards under that thing. That's all I care about, John Stanley. It's all just one time in my life. You know those, those hot now donuts they send out. I ain't never seen one that didn't have a hole in it. And if you'll watch those donuts that have holes in it versus the donuts that are still solid, the ones that have holes in it are a lot easier to break apart than the ones that are one solid piece. I'll, I'm always amazed when somebody goes through a situation that puts a hole in them, how easily the devil disconnects them. Husbands and wives that go through problems where holes get in their relationship very quickly. Disconnection. Mothers and fathers with children very quickly. Disconnection. Pain and trauma and sorrow and situations that happen in the church. I watch people so easily disconnect. Brothers and sisters, the one thing you've got to make sure you do when you are dealing with a hole, if you want to get whole, you've got to stay connected now to what you were connected to before. Because during trauma and during pain and during situations is not the time to be making changes. I always tell people, do not make a change when you're desperate and do not make a change when you are discouraged. You do not make a change until you are in your right mind and you are in a place where you are walking with God. But when times are tough and there's a hole, make sure you stay connected. That's not just a church. Sometimes that's to your Bible reading. Sometimes that's to your prayer. There'll be times you'll get so discouraged that God's not moving and God's not working and there's this hole that starts to form. You know what you'll do? You'll start disconnecting. You know what I thought about Erica? Where'd Job's wife go? They didn't divorce. They didn't bust up because at the end of the book, at the end of the book, they get there together. They have more children. Everything is fine. But from Job 1.10 all the way through chapter 40 is one year. We only see her one time. Where'd she go? Their homes right now, and God has put that hole there, and the devil is trying to bring disconnection. There are husbands and wives in this room right now that on this altar call in just a second, got to take each other by the hand and say, yes, there is a hole in our family and there is a hole in our heart and we can't fix that and we can't make it go away, but we're not disconnected. We're not losing touch with one another. We're not walking away from one another. We're going to stay as connected as we can possibly be. We're going to stay as connected as we possibly can. We are not disconnected. There are some people in this room right now, singles and widows and, and college and high to whoever you are in this house right now and I'm praying the Holy Ghost will show you right now what the devil's disconnecting you from and you ought to say by the help and grace of God I'm going to stay plugged up to Holy Ghost 220 I'm going to stay plugged in I'm going to stay connected I'm not backing down, I'm not backing away I'm not turning aside I'm going to stay connected to whatever God has got me connected to let me give you number three Number three, I want you to look, if you will, in verse 12. The third thing you need to do is you need to stay encouraged. Stay encouraged. Watch what it says in verse 12. He disappointeth the devices of the crafty so that their hands cannot perform their enterprise. Verse number 13 of the same chapter, he says, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness, and the counsel of the froward is carried headlong. You know what that means? God thumps what the wicked try to do on its head. Can I encourage somebody right now? I know it feels like the devil's getting the best of you, but God has given you the promise that if you'll stay connected to him, even when there's a hole in your heart, even when there's a pain in your spirit, even when there's a brokenness in your life, God has given you the promise that the wicked will not prosper in your life. I know it looks like they're marching ahead, but God has given you his word that he'll turn that thing around for you and the people that have abandoned you and the people that have betrayed I know it looks like that they've won at the end of the day, but God has given you the promise. God has given you the word. God has given you the ability. God has given to you the know-how to know that you can be encouraged, that the enemy will not prosper. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No situation that comes against you will prosper. God will give you victory in the name of Jesus. Do not get discouraged. Do not turn back because you think you've been beat. I'm going to tell you what I love. I love watching UFC fighting. I love it. I ain't doing it, but I love it. I'm going to tell you something. Boxing and UFC fighting, that's a man right there, boys. And you know what's even more impressive than the men that do it or them women that do it. Let me tell you something right now, boys. If she says I'm a UFC fighter, you better run with your face to her because she will beat the devil out of you the first time you leave your drawers on the bathroom floor. You are done, son, done. Done. Oh, boy, done. Done. You know, I studied boxing one time and my wife said all the time. She says, why do you read what you... I don't know why I read what I read, but I read what I read and I can't figure it out. But it always gives me some interesting little thoughts. You know in boxing that there is a way for a fighter to throw in the towel. What happens when the fighter throws in the towel? What does that mean? Uncle... I'm done, I surrender, I don't want to fight no more. I don't want to do this anymore. I can't handle this anymore. I know what the end's going to be. I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to end up. And I don't want to get there, so I'm just going to do it right now. And so the fighter can throw in the towel. And I got to thinking about that. And so one day I got to studying that. And there is a rule that when the towel is thrown in, the fight is over because the end is already set anyways. But I got to looking at that little thought And I got to looking at that little rule inside of boxing. And do you know the only difference between what we say and what is reality? The towel can be thrown in, but the fighter is never given the towel. Do you know who holds the towel? It's not the fighter, it's the trainer, it's the one on the outside of the ring. It's the one that knows what that boxer can do. It's the one that knows what that boxer possesses. It's the one that knows how that boxer can get down. It's the one that has seen that boxer at its greatest height. And he knows what that boxer can take. And that, that trainer on the outside of the ring, he's the one that's telling him, you just keep on going. I know what this fight's looking like. It's that fighter, it's that trainer that's keeping that scorecard. And as long as the towel doesn't go in, that trainer, he realizes that the fight's not laws and it's not over and there is still hope on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, right now you don't have your towel. The God of heaven has your towel and if the towel hadn't been thrown in on your life then the God of heaven must realize it's not over. So be encouraged. Even though ah, there's a hole. Stay encouraged. If God ain't quit, why are you quitting? Number four, stay hopeful. Stay hopeful. You'll never stay encouraged if you don't stay hopeful. Can I show you something in verse number 19? Verse number 19, watch what Eliaphaz says. Right after verse 18, which was our scripture, verse 19, he says this, He shall deliver thee in six troubles, yea, in seven, there shall no evil touch thee. Now there's two two things in that verse that kind of struck me. Number one is the fact he said, He'll deliver you in six, but man, there's seven that ain't gonna hurt you. That's an old Hebrew analogy, whereby they say there's not a number that counts. It's kind of like our it's kind of like our way of saying to infinity and Yeah, I know y'all watch Toy Story. Don't y'all sit there and look at me like that. It's not that we count to infinity. It's our way of saying there is no limit. Whenever the Hebrew says six, yea, seven, and it does that in Proverbs 2, what he's saying, that's their way of saying to infinity and beyond. So watch what it says in verse number 19 now that you know that. He shall deliver thee in six troubles, yea, in seven. There shall no evil touch thee. You know what that means? It means it don't matter how bad it is, it will not touch you. That's number one. I want you to notice another word in that phrase, in that verse, that struck me. Watch what it says, Austin. He can deliver you. Is that what it says, youngins? He might deliver you. Still blind from this morning. He shall. It means he ain't done it yet, but it's just as good as done. It ain't been accomplished yet, but it's just as good as done. Do you know what I call this? I call this the Amazon promise. My kids, about four years ago, I signed up for Amazon Prime. And so we, we're, we're real careful. And y'all can, y'all can like this. It don't really matter to me. But I mean, what, I want to know what my kids do on their iPads. I mean, I watch what they watch. I want to know where they go. I see what they surf. I see what they look at. I mean, they can't even pick their nose and flick a booger unless me or her mama knows about it. I want to know it all. So what we do is we log them into all of our accounts so that we can see everything they do. You say, how long are you going to do that? As long as I pay the bills, bless God's exactly how long I'm going to do that. you like, that lump, at bump, that trumpet, at, I'm telling you, I'm a paying it, I'm going to do it. There's a little downside to that little situation. When they have access to your Amazon account, so you can see what they're looking at, they have access to your American Express And so they've learned, don't add it to the cart because mama checks the cart. There's a button right above, add to the cart. Oh, yeah, some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. It's called buy now. And I'm going to tell you that little nine-year-old thing, What she'll do is she'll buy it now. And I can tell when she's hit buy now. Because for the next two days, if I'm lying, she'll wait by her sunroom door. You think I'm lying? I'm telling you. Ella, what are you looking at, baby? Making sure the neighbor's Okay. Is looking at the driveway, <laughs> Ella. Did you buy something, <laughs> huh? What, Daddy? <laughs> Ella, did you buy something? Uh, yeah. Ella, that thing may not come, honey. Yes, sir, Daddy. It's coming. How do you know it's coming? She said, because they made me a promise that when I hit by now, it will be here in two days or less. And we're almost there, Daddy. My daughter has got such confidence in Jeff Bezos and his company. She says, it shall be here. It ain't here yet. But it's as good as if it's in my hands. That's the Amazon promise. Can I tell you something? That's the God of heaven's promise to the people of God that there is no trouble that will come against you because he shall deliver you. No, it ain't happened yet, but it's as good as done. No, you may not possess it right now, but it's as good as in your hands. It may not be where you, yeah, but it's as good as if you already possessed it. I know they ain't come back home yet, but it's as good as if they were already sitting on your couch. I know they ain't been saved yet, but their name is already written in the Lamb's book of life. It's as if it's been there since the foundation of the world. I know it don't look like it's going to happen but it's as good as if it's done because God says it shall. So therefore when there's a hold and you're trying to be whole, stay hopeful. You may not have it yet but it's as good as if it's already yours.